turn with me to Psalms 92, verse 12 through 15. I'm going to read it in the Amplified Version. It says, the righteous will flourish like the date palm, long-lived, upright, and useful. They will grow like a cedar in Lebanon, majestic and stable. Planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. Growing in grace, they will still thrive and bear fruit and prosper in their old age. Anybody say amen? Amen. They will flourish and be vital and fresh, rich in trust, love, and contentment. They are living memorials to declare the Lord is upright. He is faithful to his promises. He is my rock, and there is no evil in him. Today, I want to encourage you that you were made to flourish. Tell somebody next to you, say, you were made to flourish. Flourish means to grow, thrive, prosper, expand, increase, multiply, spring up, shoot up, bloom, blossom, bear fruit, burst forth. And all throughout the Bible, we see promises of flourishing and fruitfulness. Now, this doesn't mean that we won't go through storms or challenges. All of us go through storms. All of us go through challenges. But it means in the midst of those challenges that we can still thrive and flourish in the calling and the purpose that God has for us. Amen? How many of you have been through or remember a storm you've walked through? All right. We've all been through storms. In my own life, Caleb and I, we went through a literal storm when we were living in Florida. And they came on the news and said, you need to prepare for a hurricane. This was in 2016. And so we got our house ready and we were praying and believing God for protection. And so they predicted it to be really bad. And uh, we were just believing God for supernatural protection. And during the storm, I remember looking out the window and seeing things fly all over the place. I saw trees being uprooted and things flying all over. But I looked out at my palm tree And my palm tree was being beat down. I mean, I thought for sure it was going to snap. But after the storm, we walked out of our house. And first of all, we were thankful just to be alive. (laughs) And that our neighbors were okay. Our community, the city was okay. It wasn't as bad as they predicted, thank God. And everybody was okay in our church. But I looked around and I noticed that my palm tree had bounced back. And it looked like nothing had happened. And I thought, that is so strange. These other trees are uprooted, but the palm tree looks like nothing happened. So I began to research the palm tree, and I found that when a palm tree goes through storms, that it actually causes the root system to get strengthened. That the more it's pressed down, the stronger the roots get. And that when it's pressed down, it has this bounce back ability on the inside of it. Not only that, but it says that the the palm tree is abundantly fruitful and fragrant. And throughout the Bible, the palm tree is a symbol of praise and victory. And I thought, I'm going to receive that. (laughs) Because I believe God put it in his word as, as an example to us that no matter what storms we face, we have the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead living in us. Amen? He's with you, he's in you, and he will help you overcome. And not just overcome, I believe he wants us to thrive and flourish for his glory, for his kingdom. Amen? Tell somebody next to you, say, you were called to thrive. 
Jesus said in John 16, 33, in this world you will have trouble. So we know that. <laughs> We're going to have trouble. We know that. But he said, be of good cheer because I have overcome the world and I'm with you. Amen? So no matter what we face, God says, I'm with you. Jesus is the one who came to give us life and life to the fullest. We know it's the devil that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus came to give us life and life abundantly. In my own life, I've walked through some different storms. One of them was when my dad passed away. We were living in, in the mission field at the time. We were living in Asia, my husband and I and our kids, and we got the call, you need to come home. Dad is really sick. So we rushed home, and just within a few hours, my dad went on to be with Jesus. And after that, it was a shock for us, for our home church. He was the pastor of our church for over 30 years, and so it was a, it was a shock to us, to our family, to our church. And in the natural, I felt like I was going through a storm. Like, I felt like I was being <laughs> beat down and questioning a lot. And my husband and I, we were scheduled right after the memorial, five days after the memorial, to go back to Cambodia. We were hosting a big outreach there and a women's conference. And so we needed to go back. But in the natural, I didn't feel like I could go. <laughs> I wanted to just stay down. <laughs> and... Uh, I talked to my mom, and my mom's an amazing woman of God, and she just encouraged me that she believed God would give me the grace to do whatever God was calling me to do, and that God would do supernatural miracles if I felt he was leading me to go. So I prayed about it. I felt like that was confirmation. So we went back, and it was just as she said. It was supernatural what God did. People got saved. People got healed. Miracles happened. But not only that, God birthed a bigger vision in my heart in a season where I was going through a loss. I remember one night I walked into the church and we were gathering up rice to distribute in the villages the next day. And I walked in and I saw all these little children asleep on the floor of the church. They were dirty, they were barely clothed. And as soon as I walked in, they just scattered in fear. And I asked the pastor, I said, what, what are these kids doing? Why are they sleeping here in the middle of the night. He said, well, they don't have anywhere else to go. They've been abandoned, they're orphaned, they're at risk of being trafficked, so we let them sleep on the floor of our church. And right then, I felt like the Lord said, this is why, this is why you came back. And so I said, okay, Lord, what do I do? I don't have the means at this moment to take care of all these kids, but show me how. So we began to pray, believe God, make plans, and supernaturally, within 10 days, we were able to raise funds to build that first children's home. It was completed in 2010. 36 kids moved in, began to get educated, loved, trained up in the ways of God. And now we've been able to send many of them to university. But not only that, yeah, thank you, Jesus. Not only that, then God began to birth vision of opening up other homes in Burma, Thailand, Nepal, and other regions. Now 31 homes have been built over these past several years. It's miraculous what God has done. But I share that because I know how I felt before I went back. I didn't feel like I could go back. I felt like I was being pressed down like that palm tree. But by the grace of God, receiving his strength and his healing in my own heart to rise up and realize there's people 
There's people on the other side of my obedience to God. And God's called us to thrive and to flourish, not just for ourselves, but because there's people that our life is connected to. There's people that we can bring hope to, people we can bring help to, people that we can bring his healing power to. And I want to encourage you today. God's called you to thrive, not only to bless you, to bless your family, but also so that you can be a blessing to other people in your neighborhood, in your workplace, in your community. Amen? God blesses us so that we can be a blessing. Amen? So God's called each and every one of us to thrive and to flourish. And I want to share with you today just four keys, I believe, that will help us to flourish for his glory. And the first one is stay connected to the source. Amen? Stay connected to the source. I remember um, several years ago I took my older kids to a farm. This is when they were younger and they were, they're city kids, so they didn't really know a lot about farming, but they were just in awe of all the fruits and vegetables. In fact, we were walking by picking up strawberries and one of my kids said, wow, how are these strawberries so fresh when they're not even in a refrigerator? I was like, well, <laughs> they're connected to the vine, and they're getting nutrients and water and sunlight on a regular basis. And immediately I thought of the scripture in John 15, verse 5, and I want to read it in the message, where Jesus said to his disciples, I am the vine, you are the branches. When you're joined with me and I with you, the relation, intimate and organic, the harvest is sure to be abundant. Separated, you can't produce a thing. Anyone who separates from me is dead wood, gathered up and thrown in the bonfire. But when you make yourself at home with me and my words are at home with you, you can be sure that whatever you ask will be listened to and acted upon. This is how my father shows who he is when you produce fruit, when you mature as my disciples. One version says, it is to my father's glory that you bear much fruit. And throughout the scripture as I've studied this, he talks about fruit, more fruit, and much fruit. That there's levels of fruitfulness as we're connected to the vine, as we're connected to Jesus. And I want to encourage you, there are more levels of fruitfulness that God's called us to walk in. Amen? And that doesn't mean just, um, you know, fruit is not just religious activity. Fruit is becoming more like him, being his light, his representative everywhere we go. Drawing people closer to him because of the life of God flowing through us. Amen? So fruit is always dependent on our connection to Jesus, our connection to the Father. Amen? As you heard earlier, we have a toddler at home, and my toddler <laughs> is teething. Anybody have little ones? Well, my, my little girl, she's teething, and so we got her this little taco teether, and she loves it. I mean, it satisfies her for a little bit, and she's like, but when she's hungry, this fake stuff does not cut it, <laughs> right? She's screaming, ba, 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 I want my milk. <laughs> I want food. I want real food. I want the real thing. And in our own life, we can feed on a lot of things. We can feed on what the news says, what our neighbor says, what social media says. We can feed on all kinds of things. But the only thing that will truly nourish and feed our spirits is the Word of God. Amen? His Word, it's alive. It's powerful. It's energizing. It's active. 
And so when we feed on the word of God, when we're connected to him, there's life flowing in us. There's strength that flows from his presence, from his word into us. Amen? So we got to stay connected to the vine. First Peter 2, 2 says, desire the word, just like a newborn baby desires milk so that you may grow. So we crave the word. We stay connected to him. And then the second thing that we do to flourish is we tend the soil of our hearts. Tend the soil. Matthew 13, Jesus tells the parable of the sower. And I would encourage you to read this chapter. I won't read it all right now, but I want to just explain it. Jesus tells how that God's word is like seed and that our hearts are the soil. Our hearts are like soil. And he describes four different kinds of people, four different kinds of soil in the word of God. And this really depends on how we receive the word of God and what it does in our life. He talks about, first of all, the pathway soil, which is the seed thrown on the ground where a person hears the word, but then immediately the enemy comes in and he steals the word. And then there is the rocky soil, someone who hears the word, but it only lasts for a short time because offense, persecution, difficulty comes and immediately it chokes the word, making it unfruitful. And then there are those that are like the thorny soil. Those that hear the word, but then the cares of this life and the deceitfulness of riches come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. And then he talks about those that are like good soil. I don't know about you, but I want to be good soil. <laughs> Because those that are like good soil, they receive the word, they let it take root, and it grows and it produces fruit. So they could all hear the same word, but it depends on the soil of their hearts, if they're going to receive what God wants to speak to them. So all of us, we get the responsibility to be the garters of our heart. In fact, Proverbs 4.23 says, guard your heart, for out of it springs the issues of life, out of our heart. So those of you that work in the ground, those of you that work in a garden or you've planted things, you know one of the first things you do is you clear the ground so that you can plant seed and so it has the room and the space to grow and flourish. In our own life, <laughs> we have to regularly tend the soil of our hearts and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us. If we need to get rid of some offense, some bitterness, if we need to cast our cares on the Lord so that those things don't choke the word of God, we need to tend the soil of our hearts so that we can flourish and let the word grow and produce good fruit. Amen? In my own life, um, as I shared earlier when my dad passed away, I, I all of a sudden started dealing with a spirit of fear about my own life. And I didn't even realize it until a month later, and I started, I thought I was having a, an, a heart attack. So I rushed to the hospital. I told them I was having a heart attack, and they examined me. They said, no, you're not having a heart attack. There's nothing wrong with you. Uh, you must have a stress attack. You need to de-stress, okay? And then it happened again. And within that month, it happened a few times. And then I thought, okay, Lord, I need wisdom. Lord, show me. And then the Lord began to reveal to me that I had allowed a spirit of fear to come in my heart, that I began to doubt the goodness of God. 
And so I said, Lord, I don't want to doubt your goodness. I believe you are good. You are faithful. Your word is true. I will believe your word over any other experience. I will believe your truth. So I began to renew my mind with the word of God. I began to take my thoughts captive. You know, 2 Corinthians 10, 4 through 5 says that we're to take our thoughts captive. Any thought that doesn't line up with the word of God, take it captive. Uproot it. The Bible says demolish it. <laughs> demolish. Take those thoughts captive that don't line up with his word. And I began to just pull those weeds. I began to renew my mind with the word, speak life and that stopped. That was 14 years ago, and I haven't had any incidents like that since. Thank you, Jesus. But I share that because whether it be fear or whether it be bitterness or whether it be anything that would choke the word of God from growing in our hearts, we have to uproot it. We have to say, no, I'm going to meditate on the word. I believe your word is true, that it will produce good fruit in my life, and you're faithful. Amen? So we connect to the source. We tend the soil of our heart. And then number three, we plant good seeds. Plant good seeds. Genesis 8:22 says, as long as the earth remains, there will be seed time and harvest. When we talk about planting seeds, it could be t seeds of our time, of our treasure, of our talent, but also one area that I want to highlight today is our words, how that our words are like seeds. The Bible says in Proverbs 18, 21, that the, the power in our tongue, that our tongue has the power of life or death, that we're to choose life, we're to speak life. And I want to encourage you over the things that seem dead in your life, over the things that seem hopeless, to speak life over those things, to speak the word of God, because God's word can change things in a moment. In my own life, I remember we were flying over to Asia, we were doing missions work there, and I was on this long flight and I looked to my right and we had our kids there. Isaac was three at the time and Lizzie was one. And I looked at my son and he had turned blue and his eyes went to the back of his head and he stopped breathing. So immediately we started doing CPR. He wasn't responding. So we got an oxygen tank from the attendant, put it on him. Finally he started breathing again, but he was still very weak and he started having seizures. And so I am speaking the name of Jesus. I am praying the word of God. I didn't care who was around. I, I'm a mama, I'm praying the word. So I'm praying over him. We got him stabilized and then a few hours later it happened again. So as soon as we landed, we rushed to the ER. They began to do all kinds of tests and said that he would have long-term seizures. They didn't know the cause, this had never happened before. So here we are. We're stepping out in faith, we're obeying God, and we encounter a storm. So we're praying the word of God, we're standing in faith, but it was a month where we were in and out of the hospital. And I remember one night I was with the kids while Caleb was out ministering, and Isaac was still really weak, and I just began to cry to the Lord. I said, God, I'm tired. I need a miracle, I need answers. Lord, help us, what do I do? And the Lord just spoke to my heart. He said, sing, sing, Sarah. And I was like, sing? I need a little more than that, God. Please help me out here. Sing, Sarah. 
And I knew what he wanted. He wanted me to get my eyes off of the circumstance and onto his greatness. And so as I was just in there, just crying, I just began to sing, Lord, I will sing praise. I will sing praise. No weapon formed against me shall remain. I will rejoice. I will declare God is my victory and he is here. All of my life, in every season, you are still God. I have a reason to sing. I have a reason to worship. And as I began to sing, all of a sudden strength started to rise up. Faith began to rise up. And I began to get out my sword again. And I began to speak the word of God over my little boy. Lord, I thank you. He will live. He will not die to declare the works of the Lord. My children are for signs, wonders, and miracles. By your stripes, he is healed. And I begin to declare the word of God. And peace, peace. You know, the Bible talks about cast your cares and let the peace of God guard your heart. All of a sudden, peace just came in my heart. I said, okay, Lord, I trust you. You're working in this situation. And that week, Everything changed. All of a sudden, Isaac started getting up. He started asking for food again. He started running around, and he never had a seizure after that moment. He's 18 now. It was a miracle. I share that because there is power when you declare the word of God. See, this word has power. It's not like any other word. It's the word. This has resurrection life and power. And I want to encourage you to speak life over those things that seem hopeless. Romans 4.17 says, we serve a God who calls those things that be not as if they were. So we got to call things out. We got to speak life. We got to prophesy life over things that seem dead and hopeless. Amen. I want to encourage you, those dreams, those things that God's put in your heart that seem hopeless, prophesy life. Just like Ezekiel prophesied over dry bones, we got to speak life over things that look dead. Amen? So we plant good seeds, and then number four, we expect a harvest. Tell somebody next to you, say, expect it. Galatians 6, 9 says, don't grow weary in well-doing, for in due season... Come on, due season. <laughs> you will reap if you don't give up. Our society, we are so used to having everything instantly, right? You know, we got drive-through. We want our breakthrough to come in a drive-through. We want microwave harvest. But <laughs> sometimes it doesn't work like that. <laughs> Because God's ways are many times like seeds. You know, it's a progressive growth that happens in certain things. So I want to encourage you, if you're believing for a dream to come to pass or something that God's spoken to you, don't give up. Don't dig up in doubt what you planted in faith. Don't dig up in doubt what you planted in faith. God is faithful. When I was 11 is when I first had the vision of helping children in other countries. I was in a worship service like this, and I closed my eyes, and I had a vision of me and Jesus. We were standing in a room, and all of a sudden, pictures of children from all over the world began to flash before us. And children that were hungry, children that were near dirty water, that needed clean water, children that were abandoned, and I began to cry. I said, Jesus, why are you showing me this? This is terrible. 
And he said, because these are the children I've called you to help. And I said, but God, I'm 11. <laughs> he, he reminded me of a scripture I had been taught, Jeremiah 1.5, don't say you're just a youth, for you'll go wherever I send you. I said, okay, Lord, I'll go. I went home that night. I told my dad, dad, I'm going to the mission field. I'm 11. <laughs> and he said, good, I believe you will. <laughs> but start here and start now. I said, what do you mean? And I, he explained, you need to start now serving here in our church and our community. So I started in that way and then began to go. And now to see the homes that had been built, the water well projects, the feeding programs, it was a miracle. But it was a dream. It was a vision that came when I was 11. You see, sometimes things don't happen overnight. And I want to encourage you, if God's put a dream or a vision in your heart, write it down, run with it. But then if it tarries, wait for it because it will surely come. Amen? So whatever God has promised, he's faithful to complete. There's a, there's a beautiful example that we learned in, when we were living in Hong Kong of the Chinese bamboo tree. That when the Chinese bamboo tree seed is first planted in the ground, you don't see anything come up for the first five years. But then somewhere in that fifth year, that seed can sprout up to 90 feet in six weeks' time. And somebody could come along that bamboo tree and say, wow, that thing just sprouted up overnight. No. <laughs> no, 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 no. It took time, those five years of its roots getting deep, water coming on it, sunlight, amen? All those things, and then it began to flourish. And I wanna encourage you, if you're waiting on a promise, don't give up, don't grow weary. God is faithful. Trust his timing. He is faithful to fulfill what he's promised you.